Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel, and you probably know the drill by now. Uh, just a couple days ago, uh, Zoe uh, Scott Ott mentioned on one of our Red Angle shows, might have been the backstage show, he said, uh, you know, this, this show is really going to find its audience. Not while we're still alive, obviously, but at some point <laughs> in the distant future. Uh, and and a lot of people really like that kind of uh, dual show we did uh, last week, where it wasn't really a two-part show so much as the two parts were really directly related to each other. Last week, we did one on perseverance and one on perfectionism. So I thought we might try that kind of thing again, see how it works out. Uh, so uh, I think kind of our two-part topic for the week uh, is uh, honor and shame, uh, both of which seem to be diminishing rapidly in the society and both of which are considered to be, you know, archaic avatars of toxic masculinity and all of the rest of the labels that are assigned to all the things that are, you know, good in the world. So I thought maybe we'd talk about this. And when I started thinking about this, and by the way, I think of the show ideas usually as I'm in the elevator on the way up uh, to the to the recording. Zoe doesn't have any idea at all. We never discuss this in advance. Just a, Everything he does is a cold take, and that really blew some people away when they found that out. Uh, Blows me away every time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we had a chance that some friends visiting, and Phil Trick was here with the uh, the Stratosphere Lounge show that we did, and he's a he and his wife are just huge fans of Zoe. And but uh, no, but it, it's it's kind of fun to talk about stuff in the moment. So Zoe, I was all of this simply to say that as I was thinking about this topic between the parking garage and this floor that we're on, I realized that for me to start talking about honor, the first thing I have to do, I think, is just immediately go out there and say the most politically incorrect thing that came to mind because it's the first thing that came to my mind, and that is that honor seems to be almost exclusively, not completely, but almost exclusively a male concept, a masculine concept. Uh, the only time I ever hear women talking about honor are, are women who are serving in the military and honorably and well, and I don't mean to take anything away from that at all. So I'm not talking about individual cases, but I am talking about about the entire idea of honor and honorable be behavior. And as soon as I had that thought, which I'm sure is loathsome to many people out there, and then people who watch this show probably say, oh, he's saying something that's actually true. How refreshing. I also had the thought, and I think this is important too, is that if men, if honor is almost exclusively a male uh, preconception and maybe even an obsession, I thought maybe it's because we can afford it. And what I mean by that is, if you are responsible for, the, when I say responsible, I mean if the burden of raising children and all the rest of that is on you, you may not have the luxury of, of knightly behavior. You know what I mean? It, it, this idea of honor and warrior honor and all the rest of it implies a certain amount of, of willingness to abandon everything else for the sake of honor. And like the two shows we did last week, I think both of these qualities, honor and shame, have an upside and a downside. Uh, so let's talk about the, the upside uh, of it. This idea that you are bound, constricted, and, uh, and that's really the word I'm looking for, you are fettered by uh, an, uh, just, just your word. Not not an oath even not even a not a not a contract certainly because there's something about a contract's almost the antithesis of honor in a way, but the idea that 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 you could be bound despite the consequences because you said you would do something is the essence to me 
of, of civilized behavior. It is, it's the difference between uh, doing the right thing and doing the smart thing sometimes. It is all about virtue. It's about, it's about a society that has a fundamental code of, of honor in its transactions doesn't require armies of lawyers, and it doesn't require, uh, you know, millions of surveillance cameras, and, and, and it doesn't require a lot of investigators and a lot of administrators and, and a lot of, you know, accountants. It doesn't require any of that stuff. It's actually extremely simple and extremely clean, and it works really, really well. Man, when you talk about honor and shame, it got, it got Robert Byrd stuck in my head, man. All I can hear right now is Robert Byrd saying, shame. Shame. It's, it's, it's really barbaric. Anyway. If, that, if, if that's stuck in your head, man, I'll just come over there. I know where you live in. I'll just put one in the back of your head and put you out of your misery. Because if, if you've got nothing but Robert Bird saying shame in your head for the rest of your life, it's time to go. Slap the bird out of me, man. <laughs> okay. Now, let me, I'm, I'm going to try to condense this, man, because uh, you've, um, you mentioned some things that remind me of, of, a, of a boatload of stuff, man. We're talking about honor. Uh, we're talking about the burden of honor. Uh, the, the, the pursuit of like glory or not even so much the pursuit of glory or even maybe the glory that you may fall into and all that sort of stuff. And a, a big lesson that I see in this, and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm hoping that the, the audience will appreciate this when we talk about the glory and the burden and the honor and stuff like that. When we talk about the Lord himself, we talk about all glory, all honor be, be to him. And and then we're also talking about the burden. People may be familiar with, uh, you know, with Moses saying, hey, God, let me see your glory. And God said, man, you can't handle that. You can't handle yeah, seeing my glory. Yeah, let me see the glory. There's a lot right? of that going around. Well, let me see the glory. Let, let me into the glory. Where's the line for the glory? Right. And, uh, well, you got, that actually happens after yeah. you uh, you do the work. Yeah. And, and interestingly enough, that's what God told me. He says, you could see this after. You could see my glory after I pass. And, and you're going to have to see it in a certain way, but you're not going to be able to see it right now. But here's the thing. If you were to see my glory, Moses, I would have to kill you. Because here's the thing, when the word breaks down for glory, the word for glory in the Hebrew actually means the weight. It means the burden. Does it? Yeah. So, so what- It means the weight. It means the weight. You can't see the weight of my glory. So when- Oh, that kind of weight, the heaviness. The heaviness of it. Well, the okay. thing is, where, where Moses was when God passes him by, he says, you can't see my glory because here's the thing, Moses, if you saw my glory, I would have to kill you. The weight of my glory is in the sacrifice that I have to make for you. In the sacrifice that I have to make for you, you can't see that because if you were to see that right now, I would actually have to kill you. You see what I'm saying? Before the atonement, if, if you were to see that before the atonement was made, I would actually have to pass judgment out on the whole world. Fast forward to the death of Christ where Christ says the hour has come for the son to honor the father and the father to honor the son. I'm going to glorify the father and the father is going to glorify the son. So that's a fulfillment of what the glory actually is. So jump back to even where this whole thing started when Adam is, is, is faced with the, or actually Eve is faced with the idea that, hey, you could be like God knowing both good and evil, right? So here's where this comes down to about the glory and the burden of everything. Because, hey, what's wrong with knowing what good is? What's wrong with being able to discern with what evil is? What's wrong with all that? Well, here's the thing. God is saying that, hey, Adam, you don't, you don't want to know good on my level, dude. And, and you don't want to know evil on my level. 
But since you've gone ahead and you've done what I've told you not to do, this is what it comes down to. The goodness that you're not supposed to know is me paying for what you have done and what everybody else has done. That's knowing goodness on my level. You can't pay for that, which brings us to the evil of what you've done. I told you that you don't wanna do this because it'll cost your life. Now you know how selfish you are because this costs your life, this costs the life of everybody who's descended from you and it's gonna cost my life too because only my life can afford what you did. Only my life can afford to remove everything that everybody else has done so everybody can now live in honor. But until then, that ain't gonna happen. Now you know evil on my level because you have basically stolen. You can't afford what this cost. You'll never be able to pay it back. I gotta pay for that with my blood. I gotta become one of you. So when we're talking about this honor and this glory and the burden of it, you know, these are the things that, you know, we can see these pictures played out in the Bible and it, it and it makes it more helpful for us to have a clear image of what honor is because you got a lot of people out there pursuing honor and pursuing glory. And in doing so, they're dishonoring themselves and dishonoring what glory is and dishonoring other people. You know what I like about you and what everybody else likes about you, Zoe, is mm. that you manage to capture pretty much every time you talk about mm. it, the, the sheer magnificence of, of this of this Western religious idea, just the just the the grandeur of it. Uh, it it's not like we're going to shake a couple of sticks and try and get the river god to you know kind of slow down a little bit. You know what I mean? It's just it's just magnificent. Um, now, I want to be clear on this. It's not because not because of politically correct times, because obviously, if either one of us cared about that, we'd be millionaires. Uh, but <laughs> instead of the thousand heirs that we are, the the uh, but when you were talking about the, the garden and the choice and everything, I'm not, I am not trying to put women down and I'm mm. not trying to denigrate them and I'm not saying that they're not capable of honorably, none of that. But as conservatives, we understand that, that many people, um, probably most people watching this, believe in the literal truth of the Garden of Eden. But even if you don't, the fact that that story is so uh, eternal and has been with us for so long indicates some kind of fundamental level of truth underneath it. So the question I have of you, just as a person who really understands the Bible, is a real simple question. If there had not been Eve, do you think that Adam would have taken a bite from that tree? Ah, oh, man. Because, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it was a dishonorable thing to do. It's a great, it's a great question, man. And, and before I take that on, it's just like you said, man, it's, this is no way to, um, you know, <clears throat> to put a lesser value on a woman's role or her perception of value or how, of, of her honor. Right. It's or, just or trying anything. to help people understand the difference, right? If we understand the difference, we, we actually love each other more. And, and, and the idea that any difference at all exists is being erased. So that's kind of why I went there. Yes. yes. And, and folks would have to do a lot of cherry picking to see the Bible as some sort of book that influences um, devaluing women or anything like that. It's, it's, it's quite the opposite if folks would actually read it and square the word by itself. Um, the question of what Adam have done, um, if he would have dishonored God, um, I would have no, to- would he, ha would he have done it? That's the question. Because, because to me, as I said earlier, 
honor to me seems to be a almost exclusively male concept. And, and immediately after that thought was the thought that, well, okay, you can put this in the in a, in a negative light for women, but you can also say that women cannot afford it, that, 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 they're, that they don't have the, uh, the kind of isolation that men can live in. But, but the actual question is, if there was no Eve, do you think that Adam would have, would have taken a bite of the apple? Yes. Um, you do? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, th- I think eventually it would have come down to that. One, uh, God said it's not good for man to be alone. Um, two, the, the account doesn't show that Satan himself, you know, at the time, Lucifer, mm-hmm. where was his influence to do it? He had no excuse to do what he did. There was no rebellion for his excuse. He was caught up with his own pride. Um, there is no account that, that says that he did what he did. So with Adam, it, it might have been the same thing. But, right. So it's not Eve's fault. It's the serpent's fault. I mean, he's, he, he put her up to it. Well, I mean, we in order for the atonement to work, it can't be an issue of the devil made me do it. Okay, the, right. The, there has to be choice there, yeah, right? If, there there's no, to, yeah. if there's no free will, then then we're just robots. Yes, yes. So Eve, the word says that Eve was deceived. And here's the thing. Adam was right there, right? The, the word says, see, Adam wasn't somewhere else wandering around in the garden. Yeah, he could have said, hey, hold on a second. Exactly. See, it has to be played out. It's actually kind of cowardly almost, isn't it? Like, very. yeah, yeah. You go ahead and uh, and uh, and do this thing that God uh, uh, didn't say, and I'll go back and report to battalion. Uh, you know what I mean? You <laughs> That's right, man. See, the, the, the way it plays out, the policy has to be airtight. There had to be no excuse for this transgression. So Adam is standing right there while right. the serpent- He's just guilty. Right? While- and, and in some ways more guilty because he's not only got the, the disobedience, he's also got this moral cowardice to not stop something that he sees going on. Exactly. So to even answer the question of would Adam have done this even if Eve wasn't even in the picture, Adam really, when it comes down to it, he had even more- more reason to be disciplined. This Eve, see, the, the word says that Eve was made to help Adam. And, and the word actually breaks down, she's meant to be his allies. It's more of a military term, right? This is military. Now, now, now I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, mm-hmm. but this is such a rich vein. Mm-hmm. So I'd never really thought of it this way before. To me, when you hear the story of Adam and Eve, it's always like, okay, so, I mean, certainly the Victorians and virtually everybody up until the modern age thought that's because women are weak. They're morally weak. They can't make these moral, they can't handle this moral decision. But ultimately, when you put it in these terms, if you look at it, really what it is, it's a test for Adam, right? It's his failure. It's his, he's the one who's actually being tested. Mm She is, she's the one who's seduced by the serpent. Virtually anybody could be. He's watching this happen and he doesn't do anything. That's right. That's right. So, and like you said, man, we're asking if, if Eve, if, if she wasn't in the picture. No, like I said, the word says that she was there to help him. As, as men, we want to be protectors, right? <laughs> he had right. more incentive to do the right thing. See, now when we talk about a test, Bill, God didn't give them a test that they would fail. This is the ultimate open book test. You know what I'm saying? There was yeah. no reason for them to fail this test. But it's just as Paul says, and I I understand that people think this is very chauvinistic. It's not when you take it in full context. Paul says, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Only for this reason, when a woman assumes in her feminine pride that she's got something to prove by taking authority over a man, that's when we get big problems. And that is where the garden comes in because Satan didn't go to Adam, he went to Eve and stoked her pride. 
right? And so she felt and told her, yeah, you did this, you'll be like God. No, he twisted the word. It wasn't Eve that would become like God. Adam would become like God. That honor is for man being created to represent God in nature. So not Eve, that wasn't her role, but the, but Satan lied to her and gave her basically uh, credited to her some stolen valor, right? <laughs> it's, it's yeah, like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, this isn't for you. Well, she got deceived by that. And Adam allowed her to teach and exercise authority over him. And that's where we ended up with this problem. So man has this idea of honor now, even like look at today, what's honorable for a man to be woke? And a lot of this wokeism is tied into appealing or appeasing the dominion I, of feminism. I'm going to argue with that a little bit mm -hmm. um, to try to get at the heart of what this honor thing really is. I don't think that the uh, woke males are honorable in any way. And if yeah. you ask them, if you ask them if they thought they were honorable, they would look at you like, why are you confronting me with this <laughs> archaic term? What they're doing is they're basically just going with the flow. They are just, they're just submitting themselves and succumbing to social proof and doing what they're basically told to do, mostly by either feminists or extremely effeminate men who are basically trying to make the beta into the alpha. And that's what's really going on here. Mm. I mean, this is the revolt of the betas. Everybody looks around, what's going on? The world's insane. It's the revolt to the betas because the alphas have just been so so busy you know watching netflix that that, that that we're just letting this happen and and this is why i love the show and this is why i love these kind of topics one of the things that made me want to talk about honor is watching is not watching women trying to usurp so much of of male territory. And on, on one level, you can look at this on kind of the very practical level, like, well, who says that the Boy Scouts can only be for boys? Women can be Girl Scouts too. Okay. Uh, and, and men can bear children, right? Well, if they assume that if they, if they declare themselves as women, they, okay, fine. All right. I, I get it. I get it. The whole world's nuts. And your entire purpose is to make sure that nothing means anything so that you can do anything. But one of the things that, that I'm noticing more and more and more. I've been talking about this for years, but it's almost, it's almost, in fact, it is pretty much guaranteed now. And that's this idea of the woman warrior. I'm not talking about real world warriors now because there are millions or oh, thousands anyway, certainly of women who are serving honorably in the military and who do tough and dangerous jobs, including flying combat missions. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this idea that now every single time a new video game comes out and it's the quest of the warrior, it's always a woman. Always. It's a woman carrying a sword that weighs more than she does and <laughs> knocking down a 700 pound ogre, you know, with a flying dropkick. And I look at this and I say to myself, I can kind of understand why this could be wish fulfillment for a certain kind of woman. But what I can't understand, honestly cannot understand, is why so many males today not only don't have a problem with this, but just seem actually kind of relieved, you know? It's kind of like I, every time I see, look, if I see, if I see a movie, we, well, we have a female James Bond, now there's pretty convincing rumors that the next Indiana Jones is going to be where Harrison Ford hands the whip and the pistol and the hat over to a woman. She's going to be Indiana Jones now. And, and, and on and on, Ghostbusters are women and all of this. You talked about this idea that women have this sort of ongoing desire to sort of usurp male authority in that way. And it's reached critical proportions now. It's, 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 it's pandemic. And and every time you see any kind of bastion of, of, of remaining bastion of, of male dominated subculture, 
It has to be immediately destroyed. Bill Burr did a great, great three, four minute segment on this about watching football, right? He's, he's saying, you know, they just have to be there. They have to, they have to be there. They have to ruin everything. He said, if, if, <laughs> if there was a baby shower or something going on, or, or my wife had, you know, three friends over for coffee, I would excuse myself because I know if I'm there, I'm going to screw up the dynamic and then we'll be able to say all the horrible things about me that they really want to say. So I leave and I don't need to be a part of that. But that's not really a reciprocal relationship. And this idea of honor this idea of, of honor that is driving male courage, driving male action, driving male decision-making, all of this stuff is something that I see in the pop culture. I see these left-wing feminists and, and, and soy boys <laughs> reaching for this thing, you know, really reaching for it. And, and I'm the one to use that term stolen valor when you try to do things like you say, oh, here's this, uh, here's this black woman who's the star of the new Discovery, uh, Star Trek Discovery series. And it turns out that that she's Mr. Spock's half-sister who's been living with him the whole time and nobody bothered to mention it. That's stolen valor. They're trying to get all of the they're trying to get all of the valor, all of the prestige of Spock or or uh, Indiana Jones or the Ghostbusters or whatever. They're trying to wear it like a cloak. And all of this stuff bothers me, and all of this stuff is bad for us. But the thing that that I find most alarming is when I read the comment sections of things like this, none of the none of the males seem to be bothered by this at all. And when and when males are willing to abdicate the role of warrior and just kind of say, "No, you're going out there. You you got the you got the women's armor on, and you got a sword that you know weighs more than you do, and you couldn't lift anyway." But no, no, you're going out there and do the fighting. It scares the scares the the. It scares the saliva out of me. <laughs> I can dig it, man. And, you know, one, that's one thing about, uh, you know, these these episodes, man. It's like, I guess they're going to take a cannon and write a new one. It's like, I don't I don't know where this uh, new uh, Vulcan sibling came from or anything like that. But nobody this, knows and nobody cares. Nobody right? watches it. When, it. when they aired it, they made the mistake of airing it on CBS and it came in last in the ratings. It was beaten by a rerun from the game show network. So nobody's buying it because and nobody's buying it because everybody knows it's a lie. Nobody bought the women Ghostbusters movie because everybody knows that those are Ghostbusters. <laughs> right. and, 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 and making jokes about, you know, about your makeup is not what the Ghostbusters is all about. Nobody's buying it. But, but the woke armada is determined to destroy this thing that they don't have and they can't have. And this is where I'm going with this show. That idea of honorable behavior, the idea of doing the right thing because you said you would, the idea of having a code of ethics that is inviolable, and, and the idea to, to modern progressives that you would do something damaging to yourself, maybe, in, in fact, in many cases, if you want to go back to the Titanic, uh, fatal to yourself mm -hmm. in order to live up to this code, this is this is not only anathema to them, they just don't get it. And parenthetically, I'll just add one more thing. Bill Burr, who's really about the only really anti-PC comic out there, basically said he was talking about the supposed wage gap between men and women. And he said, I just consider that to be a dollar an hour surcharge uh, for, for the fact that if the if I'm on a cruise liner and the cruise liner goes down, you get to get into the boat and I don't. <laughs> hey, that 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 sounds pretty sound. Uh, you know, and and I was I was talking about um, 
you know, this canon, one thing about the word, man, is that it's a canon that that it does not become outdated, does not become obsolete, even when the yeah, sequel is made. they don't get to retcon the Bible. Yeah, no, that's I'm right. Sure it, they would if they could. Yeah, it's it, it's the canon of canons, man. It, it just doesn't it doesn't go out of style on See, itself. See, it was actually Mary Magdalene mm. who, who did the salvation thing. She was the one that actually did the salvation thing, and and she basically put and Jesus basically stole the credit because of you know patriarchy. Yeah, that that greedy Jesus man. We're gonna have to have a talk, uh, you know. But here's okay. So it it seems to be wired into our behavior, and that was prophesied that it would be wired into our behavior um, because it says you know how when the word says um, after the transgression, Eve is going to desire. You know, uh, her desires will be after her husband. It's really, and, and in context, it's breaking down to say that she's going to covet man's glory, his stature. Um, so we see these things playing out nowadays where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a woman, hear me roar. I can do everything a man can do and heals and all that sort of stuff. And this covetous nature that a woman has, you know, over, she wants to get the glory now. You know, it's, it shouldn't be all about the man's glory. And that's been for a long time. And like I said, you know, Bill, the Lord refers to us in, in military terms. Um, and when Adam and Eve were made, their job was to subdue the earth. Their job was to subdue the natural behavior, basically, of rebellion. Uh, we were supposed dominions. to dominions. Yes, it's that shall have dominions. Yes, over over everything. Dominion, rather, sorry. Earth, yes, yeah. you shall have dominion. Yes, earth, sea, and sky. Adam and Eve were basically so, were supposed to facilitate a military. Jump to where Paul says, "Do you not know that you will judge the angels?" We're supposed to be. We're basically God's jury for those who have accepted our calling in Him. We're supposed to be in His jury. There's going to be a judgment of both man and angels. Man's first job, aside from basically gardening and ranching, is supposed to be a but just like, you know, with the with the, uh, with the uh, people in revolution there, you had your farmers, you had your ranchers, people who had these, you know, basic jobs. But when the time came, it was time for them to go to war. It was the same thing for Adam and Eve. Yeah, this is your job. Tend the garden, tend the animals. But when I call on you, hey, okay, here's your report date and you're going to go to war and I need you to subdue the earth because there are factions that are living in it that are under judgment right now. And basically they're out on parole. I need you to go apprehend them and we're going to bring them to judgment. That's still being played out right now. There's a court date coming and the fulfillment of woman's role who was supposed to be in it. She forsaked her role and assumed that she was going to take position over the over the um, the premiere of what man was supposed to do in her sub in her subordinates. Right. So now we have chaos in the ranks. So right now that's going to have to be tied up and sewed up. And there's going to be a judgment for that, too. You know, um, when you're talking about uh, men being farmers and ranchers and that kind of thing, and then the, then the call comes, uh, I was immediately sent to an image, um, which I got from Victor Davis Hanson, who's obviously a classical scholar and a great conservative thinker. He wrote a novel. I'm pretty sure it's called The Death of Sparta, but I'm not 100% sure of it. I'm almost positive. And he basically talks about this idea that the, that the farmer, the helot, the, free, the, the, the farmer, would basically have over his fireplace a panoply, and a panoply was a word that meant a collection of armor. And over the over the hearth would be the chest plate and the greaves and the and and you know and, and the sword and the shield and all of that stuff. Wow. And it would be passed down from generation to generation. And when the time came, you had to put that on and go. And and this is the part of it that that brings up so much outrage in me. On one hand, and on the other hand, convinces me that these that these progressives don't understand it. You said that. You said that there's this, with this whole idea of, of stolen valor and, and, and these women characters who can do everything better than men, it is a rush for the glory. Mm -hmm. But so, so you see them, 
you see them again and again and again getting the glory, but what you never see is with these women warriors is you never see them sleeping in the mud, ever. You never, <laughs> ever, ever see them. My bath. Sleeping in the mud, in the rain, in the cold. And this is what I find so offensive about this this idea of of honor just being essentially something you wear for, for the parade. You know, it's like there, there's no sacrifice there. There's no there's no acknowledgement of the cost of it. Burr, Bill Burr gets gets right on it when when uh, when he says, you know, when the Titanic's going down, all of a sudden, all the feminists are like, oh, I'm just a girl. I got to get to the lifeboat. <laughs> he, he's really on it. This 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 glory as a result of honor has to be paid for in advance. And, and the glory is paid for, not with other glory, but it's paid for in the lowest form of misery and suffering, right? I mean, it's paid for in, 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 in you know, dying of typhus in a, in a, in a camp, you know, with, with the rest of the English army in the middle of France, or it's paid for, it's paid for, it's paid, it's paid for when you have to go down into that field and face an entire line of, of steel, and understand that I'm going down there and the chances of me not coming back are, are good and the chances of me dying in a horrible fashion are actually really good. And this is why this idea of the female warrior bugs the living daylights out of me. It's, it's a form of, I almost said theft and I almost said embellish, uh, uh, embezzlement, but then, then the word came to me. You know what it is? It's counterfeit. Mm. That's the word. It's counterfeit. Here's a dollar. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll say $100 because inflation. Here's $100. Wow, $100. Yeah. I just printed it. It's, so it's not real. Mm -hmm. You didn't pay for it. There was no, there was no effort involved with getting it. it. It's basically just here. Here's the trophy. And, and, and since you're not willing to pay for what honor demands, which is all of the unpleasant things, then you shouldn't be entitled to the to the glory of the parade, and this just offends my fundamental sense of sense of justice, really. Amen, man. It's um, and you know the thing is, I, and I think this will probably probably better answered like when we take on the the shame aspect mm -hmm. of of this segment. But if, if I could say this really quick, um, it's almost like with, with women, it isn't like they weren't kind of pushed into this idea that they had not pushed in it to it, but there, there was some kind of nudge into this direction. And, and of course, you know, some would be you know, offended even by that term. So a lot of, in a lot of areas, men have dropped the ball, right? You've oh, had a, a, this is the entire point of why I'm bringing this up. Right. Yes. And, and that's where we get into the shame aspect of it, because even right now, a lot of women are like, they, they, they do make these fantasies. And you have men who make these productions, who pander to this. And, and a lot of these men who are doing these things, they're the, uh, the most abusive to women. But I guess this is a way that they can redeem themselves by allowing women to have their narrative on the TV screen or on the silver screen or, and create these circumstances where a woman is able to do all these things. And there are women who can do some amazing things. Women can take, hey, women give birth, okay? So they can take a lot of pain. Um, but, you know, these images where women are the hero and they're self-sufficient and all that sort of stuff, it's almost like they kind of have to be because you got men who are just checking out, you know, they're either abusive or they're, they're neglectful and all that sort of stuff. And women are like, I can't rely on you. You know, I, I, if, if I rely on you, wow, I'm going to end up, I'm, I'm going to end up destitute. 
You know, I got to be able to survive. And wow. then women take that narrative and then they make, you know, this where they can go out and kick butt and all that sort of stuff. And I am woman, hear me roar. It's one of those things where, and don't get me wrong, Bill, because a lot of women are going to have that instinct on their own. That's already been written. Sure. They don't need help with it. Be a man. You know, be a man. Like you said, we talk about these beta male, beta males. Be a man that that represents. It's, we're not gonna we're not gonna hit a bat a thousand with all, the, all every time with this, but you improve the chances when you are a man and you have a fixed and eternal standard. What we talk about of what it is to be a man, not according to your ideas, but according to eternal ideas. This is manhood. You can rely on me. This is honor. And let me show you, so because I, I remember one pastor would say there are two factions between a man and a woman. A man needs honor. And that's just wired into us. That's, that's our nature. A woman needs security. All right. And these two things complement each other. You know, right. and right now we're getting dyslexic about these things where the man is trying to find security and validate himself and how insecure with his manhood he is and feels like he can transform into something else because he's just not secure with being a man. And then you got the woman who's trying to take the honor role and she's turning honor into something else and assuming a role of honor that wasn't meant for her. All these and things are based in covetousness and perversion. Yeah. Yeah, that is such an incredible insight for me because I've been talking about this for years and I've always seen this as this this female warrior thing as an assault on the part of, of feminists to go after something that men had just because they wanted it. Mm. But the idea that this is a feedback loop, meaning that well, women are turning more and more into this warrior ethos because they don't have warriors to protect them anymore because the men are checking out. I had not really fully considered the, 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 the truth of that, although I stumbled upon it by accident. Uh, oh God, seven, eight years ago, I guess, when somebody said, what's it like, you know, dating in Los Angeles? I said, well, it's pretty simple, really. The, the men are weak and the women are crazy. And, uh, <laughs> and the weak men make the women crazy and the crazy women make the men weak. And, yeah. and, and down we go. So it's time for, uh, time for uh, you know, Team Aries to, uh, to man up and, uh, and, and pick up the sword and, the, and the, uh, pick up the spear and the shield that represents the, 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 the male symbol astrological symbol and it's time to to man up and get out there and not and not walk away from this obligation because that's what it is uh, ultimately when i think about what honor is i always come back to the fact that warriors and all the rest of it they they they're prepared their entire lives what, to me whenever i think about it it's always a farmer it's a dad or it's a, somebody you know a kind man a gentleman who 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 doesn't go around you know banging on his on his armor and you know riding around on a horse and sees these you know these these raiders coming down from the hills and and he's the one who says take the children and run as fast as you can and I want to run as fast as I can too but instead of running away from these guys mm -hmm. I got to run towards them that's what I have to do and 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 that is a learned behavior uh, just like everything else in society uh, we love talking about things like this, and, and we know that, that you do too. Uh, what Scott said about us finding the audience, I think, is, is, is just a question of, obviously, a lot of YouTube suppression. But a lot of times, uh, things that are, that are taken to be true, so much of what we take to be true today is under attack, that sometimes you just need to hear somebody say it. You know, somebody just say it so you know you're not crazy. And that's at the very least what we try to do here on this show. So it's made possible by a relatively small number of people who decided to uh, kind of man up and, and do the honorable thing and pay for the content that they've been watching. And if you're not one of those people, well, then yeah, 
That's okay too. You disgust me. Uh, <laughs> for my friend Alfonso Rachel and all the rest of the citizen producers here at BillWhittle.com, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time on The Virtues. Mm-hmm.